It is week, what is it, week five? It's week five, and the Bengals, and the calendar has turned October, and the Bengals are three and one, and the Bengals are in first place in the AFC North. We, we had an episode, well, a tiny little recap episode recorded and ready to go, um, but me being the dumb person that I am, it is lost to the gods, so... We, Honestly, that, that that might have been the best recording we've ever had, too. We were well because we were hot off the press. We had just gone to the game, um, but how are you doing today? Doing fantastic. Feels good to you know for to be in October and the Bengals to be in first place. It's a rare thing to say. Um, you know, we're in your birthday month now. Which shout out? Yeah. At yeah. The end of the month. I feel like I'm already 21. After that, none of the birthdays really matter. So. Well, we'll keep you. You'll be the ageless wonder in my book. Um, but it's October, like we said, calendar flips. Bengals are in first place. Well, technically tied for first place, but the Bengals are in first place. We went to the game Thursday night. Um, and, I mean, right off the top, that atmosphere on Thursday night was electric. Yeah, it reminded me of, uh, you know, some of those playoff games they've had. And also it reminded me of the last time I went when they played the Steelers. You know, it's just electric kind of surprised not too surprised but there weren't a lot of Jacksonville fans there and it was still packed a lot of Bengals fans there and I think the first thing to kind of you know get started with is that it was the tale of two halves let me tell you the first half we were hands hands in our head sad not getting up second half was electric we were down bad in the first half we were down extraordinarily bad uh in the first half because you know, and and this is part of the thing that we talked about on the deleted recording was that that game Thursday night is a game that the old the Bengals of the old just they, they come out in the second half and it's just as flat as they were in the first half and game's over and we're Ubering back to Wheeler Street middle of the third quarter um, and, and we're gonna we're gonna have to have this discussion later on in the episode but. There is a certain member of this team, and I'm not breaking any news by saying this, that brings this team to a whole new level. And that's the guy under center wearing number nine. And on Thursday night, I mean, 25 of 32, 348, uh, passer rating of 132.8. Two touchdowns, sacked once. I mean, what else is there to say? I, I, I think Joe Burrow was just electric on Thursday. I, the first half, it really wasn't his fault. They, they, he made a couple nice throws, but I think in the second half, you know, there's not really a lot of time for halftime adjustments in the NFL. 
but the Bengals have played well at the end of halves in the beginning of, 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 of uh, the second half. And, you know, that first, that first touchdown drive in the third quarter is what saved the game because the, it flipped the momentum. The momentum got flipped when we got that fourth down stop on fourth and goal. DJ Reader, the linebacker, stuck Trevor Lawrence on the one. And then we go into half. We're all sad. The, that, the, the ceremony wasn't as good as you'd want it, uh, as, as you would have liked it because of yeah. the 14-0. But, you know, that, that, touchdown, that touchdown drive in the start of the second half is really what flipped everything. Yeah, it feels like through the first four games, the play or the combination that has gotten this offense going has been that Jamar Chase-Joe Burrow connection. I mean, we look at Thursday night, it's that 44-yard shot down the left side at the beginning of the second half, and that just kickstarts the offense, four-play, 75-yard drive, right into the end zone, didn't even take like a, two minutes off the clock. And that is precisely what, the Bengals drafted Jamar Chase to do. He didn't have the most flashy night. Um, six catches for 77 yards. But you talk about being effective in the role that the Bengals drafted you to be in. Jamar Chase was everything the Bengals needed him to be on Thursday night without T. Higgins in the lineup. Yeah, and, and we saw, <clears throat> speaking of T. Higgins not being in the lineup, we saw Tyler Boyd show up for really the first time this year with a yeah. big, big game. You know, that first drive, he had that, what, 35, 40-yard reception. And then the Bengals kind of went quiet. And then the second half, he was eating when they were – they went empty, five wide. They were playing man-to-man across the board. And Tyler Boyd, I mean, he just kept getting open. I, I felt bad for their slot corners because they just they, – you can't guard. It, with the Bengals' weapons, you can't go – if they go empty, you can't you can't play man. Be, and then if you play zone, Joe Burrow's going to dissect you. So they're very dangerous – if they can protect Joe Burrow in empty. Yeah. We, we made that note right away, right after the game when we were walking out, they opened it up in the second half, the playbook and just let Joe Burrow go to work. And it seemed like every time they went in empty, he was finding Tyler Boyd right over the middle for seven or eight yards every single time. And that, that is what this Bengals offense is. It is efficient it's not death by a thousand cuts like it was last year, but it is a step up from that where, Hey, if you want to take away Jamar chase and bring a safety over the top and, and play two guys on him, that's fine. Because once T Higgins comes back, you, you can double team Jamar chase and we'll just throw it to Tyler Boyd and T Higgins. Or as we saw Thursday night, we'll throw it to CJ Uzoma five catches, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Absolutely. And then if you bring, if you, if you're a nickel or dime package and you bring on more DBs and I know we'll talk about this, we'll talk about this as well, but Joe Mixon should be back. So you still have Joe Mixon if you go too high in a nickel or, or a dime package and then, and then you can run the, you can run the hell out of the ball. So I think the Bengals are in a really good position if, and, and, and it happened again on Thursday, short week, I get it, but the O-line did not, you know, give up a lot of QB hits on Joe Burrow. Yeah. And that's going to be the resounding theme of the whole season. And the good thing is, like we talk, like we've been talking about for the past two weeks, with these seemingly two massive games, albeit in different senses. You had the Pittsburgh game, which was kind of like the Bengals: Are they here? Have they arrived? Are they this team that can challenge, not not win, but challenge? And then Jacksonville Thursday night was: Is this a 
regular Bengals team that's going to somehow screw this up. We were there with, with my roommate who has been newly indoctrinated into this Bengals lifestyle. And we kept telling him throughout the game that don't get your hopes up because somehow, some way, this is going to end in the most heartbreaking way imaginable. And the fact that it didn't tells me that the Bengals have taken a slight step up. And I think the one theme coming out of these first four weeks of the season and looking forward to the next four weeks, um, if we were in a 16-game season, the first quarter of the season would would be done. These next four weeks, you have home on Sunday against the Packers, then three straight road games, two of them against teams you should beat by 10 easily. It feels like we are building towards a point where on November 7th, the Browns come to Paul Brown Stadium, and it feels like that is the point that the Bengals are sort of building to uh, from a momentum standpoint. Is that the wrong way to view these next four games as just like, okay, keep building that momentum, and then the big game of the season is right before the bye week? Is that a wrong way to look at it? No, absolutely not. I think that I think every team, whether they agree with it or not, and I think to your to your point, that's the next build. That's the next step or the next point, because I think Zach Taylor said this in a press conference. The point that they thought at the beginning of the season was this week, week four. Um, after this week, it's like a mini bye week. So this this at this point, they wanted to build momentum and they have moment, positive momentum because he said that if they were two and two there, there wouldn't be positive momentum going to you know, towards the next point. So I think, um, yeah, I think that's a very reasonable point. I think they play the Packers at home this week and then they go to Detroit and then to Baltimore and then to the Jets. And you're right. Two of those four games are, should, should be easy wins, but it's the NFL. I mean, the Titans just lost the Jets. So you never know. I, I really do think that it's very important that the Bengals win one of the two games against the Ravens and, and the Packers in, in that four game stretch. Yeah, so we'll, we'll be back later in the week to kind of talk more about what's what's coming with the Packers on Sunday. Um, just to preview that a little bit, it looks like the Bengals are going to be getting very healthy. Uh, Zach Taylor, just talking to the media now, said that Joe Mixon is more day-to-day than he is week-to-week and that he's going to be limited on Wednesday and we'll kind of see what happens from there. But the the amazing thing is that he did say in his presser, Bates, Higgins, Cheeto, all expected back uh, on Sunday for, and I know I used this tag when talking about that Pittsburgh game. This Packers game on Sunday, and we're going to preview it later in the week, but just this is the as a teaser. It, it cannot be understated how big this game is for the Bengals. Um, just from a are we there yet standpoint. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a it's a good test because we've seen the Bengals in the first four weeks beat teams that really they should beat, and this is kind of the first game where you're you kind of expect to lose in a way as a Bengals fan, but then the three and one start kind of gives you hope. So, am I frustrated? Yes. In the first four weeks, I still am frustrated because I still really think we should be four zero after that after that Bears game, but I think this is a really good test for a defense that's played really well so far. And I get it. They gave up a lot of yards against the Jags four days after the most physical game of the year. So I'm not going to take that. I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I get it. But I think you get 10 days to prepare for Green Bay uh, at home 
1 p.m. That you know that's the Bengals' time slot. 1 p.m. They always play well at 1 p.m. I don't care if Andy's the quarterback. I don't care if Carson's the quarterback. They always play well at 1 p.m. at home. So I think this is going to be a good test. I think it's going to be a good test for Joe Burrow. It looks like they have some injuries as well that we'll get into later in the week. So you know it, it'll be it'll be a fun one to watch. Yeah. Um, now I want to I want to wrap up Jacksonville and then I want to have this discussion that I messaged you about earlier. Um, any more thoughts from Jacksonville? I thought the defense played well. They stiffened when they needed to and made the plays when they needed to to help the Bengals win the game. Logan Wilson is still, I am going to argue, I know it's Joe Burrow's team. Logan Wilson's the MVP of this team so far, just from the standpoint of what the defense is doing. But I think we also saw, and we made this remark going out of the game Thursday night, Jesse Bates has a huge impact on this defense. Yeah, Jesse Bates, it, it was very evident early that Jesse Bates' absence was going to be big. And, you know, I listened to some other Bengals podcasts this week. I listened to some some press conferences, and he realized that it's not only coverage-wise that Jesse Bates is, is a difference maker. It's also run fits. It's also communication. And I'm not saying Brandon Wilson isn't good because he's in the NFL, and I get it. He's a veteran. He's, he's the backup for technically both safety spots, so he's not a bad player. But the difference between Jesse Bates and Brendan Wilson is massive. Yeah. And we saw that on Thursday. And I think the defense will get back on track. And as you said, Logan Wilson, he, he's working his way towards the Pro Bowl season. I think he's playing, re, he's playing really, really well. And we, still, and we still got somewhat of pressure on Thursday night. It just doesn't help when you're playing Trevor Lawrence, who is faster than basically everybody on the defense except the DBs. And it's it just kind of hard to take down a guy like that, especially when he's playing as well as he was. I think from a Jag standpoint, I think we saw Thursday night why they picked Trevor Lawrence number one overall. He had a couple of throws that were just yeah. brutal. The Jamal, the Jamal Agnew catch that we thought was not a catch in person, we were picked. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was one catch. of the greatest throws and catches I've seen it, it, now I get it. It's a Thursday night game, week four. That that's one of the best throws and catches I've ever seen. That was a nice. That was a nice throw. I don't know if I'd go that far, but he he had some throws and he they designed that offense this year. You know, he's a rookie coming out of Clemson specifically, so he doesn't have to make a lot of reads. Um, I think Joe Burrow has more football IQ, whereas Trevor Lawrence definitely has more raw talent, and so they're trying to utilize that talent. You know, running him. Um, and, and kind of letting him make plays, whereas Joe Burrow is key is diagnosing and, and getting the Bengals into the right plays. But they designed that offense specifically for him to make plays, and he made plays Thursday night. It's just that when you look back at it, Joe Burrow made more plays. And the one that everybody's going to be talking about is the end of the game. He checks into the jailbreak screen, throws it out to Uzoma, a play that they last did in training camp. And the fact that our quarterback – and I am so damn proud, again, still, that he's our quarterback, checks into that play, and it's a play they haven't practiced for two months. Um, that just tells me all I need to know about his intelligence and the way he's thinking about the game. And he has got plenty of talent to take the Bengals as far as they need to go. It's stuff like that that separates Brady Manning from um, – Philip Rivers. I wouldn't even argue Philip Rivers has as much talent as like somebody that, that's in this next tier. Um, but it's those guys that can diagnose and know what's going on. 
that take their teams to new heights. You mean, you mean like a you mean like a Lamar or, or yes. somebody like okay. yes, perfectly. Okay. Um, and so you know, it, it's something that elevates the Bengals that much further if if they can get this Joe Burrow, um, and that parlays into the discussion I want to have. So, I get the fact that the Bengals. I mean, we're talking about them having played four mediocre teams. Um, Jacksonville's probably on the lower end of mediocre. I still don't think they're as bad as um, the Jets or the Lions. I think the Jags are better than the Jets and the Lions. I don't know if they're better than them, but they're. I don't think they're as bad as a lot of people are saying they are. I come out of Thursday night and the question I have is, is Joe Burrow making that step into being a top 10 quarterback? And let me give some facts before people jump all over me and say, I'm dumb as hell. Joe Burrow, um, let's see here. He is sixth in the NFL in passer rating right now. Um, he is... Um, he's third in yards per attempt right now. He is sixth in adjust or fifth in adjusted yards per attempt, seventh in net yards per pass attempt, fifth in pass yards per completion. Um, and he has had three games this season where he has had a passer rating of over 120. Is Joe Burrow unlocking the next step in his potential? Yeah, I think he is unlocking it, and I think that he's on his way to being a you know a top ten quarterback. But I don't know. I don't know if he is yet because you have to think that it once you start thinking about it, I get it. Like long, long, long term wise, there's not a lot of people I'd rather have than Joe Burrow. But he's still he's still going through some stuff because he still had that Chicago game, and I don't care if Zach Taylor had a blunder of a game. Joe Burrow checks enough calls where it's on Joe Burrow just as much as it's on Zach Taylor. I think we can both agree on that. Yep. But if somebody's going to, if, if somebody's, if we're going to get mad at somebody, it's not going to be the franchise quarterback. It's going to be Zach Taylor. But I, I, I do agree. I think he's on his way. I, I don't know if you can put him in top 10 just yet, but I think he's definitely trending that way. Listen, the only reason I say that he is top 10 is because, and also one more stat I wanted to throw out third in the NFL in pass completion percentage right now. And he's tied for first in the number of game-winning drives he's also had this season. Um, and I get it's not against the best competition, but let's take all these factors into account. I still am not sure about Zach Taylor's ability to effectively coach an NFL game. Whereas you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll has won a Super Bowl. Uh, that kind of tells me all I need to know about his coaching ability. But Joe Burrow is, he has, he's been PFF's highest rated passer the last two weeks. And, you know, and I don't know if any Browns fans listen to this podcast, but the example I want to make is we all saw how bad Baker Mayfield played yesterday against the Vikings. Played terribly. Joe Burrow's game against the Bears, three interceptions in all, statistically, he was he had a higher passer rating 
in his that game against the Bears than Baker Mayfield did yesterday. And that tells me that despite making those three horrendous throws in a row against the Bears, Joe Burrow is making plays and making reads throughout the game that other quarterbacks in his echelon, and by echelon I mean Baker, Herbert, uh, and Ryan Tannehill, I'd say in that sort of echelon, and Derek Carr maybe, are not making. Um, and this Joe Burrow that we've seen three of the four weeks, Minnesota, Pittsburgh, and Jacksonville, that Joe Burrow is good enough to take the Bengals on his back to the playoffs. That's, that is my point. Do I think he's going to sustain this? Not necessarily because I think there's other forces at play, the O-line maybe being inconsistent, stuff like that. But this Joe Burrow and this Bengals offense with the Bengals defense getting healthy is good enough to take them to the playoffs. Now, in reality, the reality somewhere in the middle of them being terrible and them being in the playoffs. So I walked out of the game Thursday night and I looked at you and I said, the Bengals are officially frisky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did say that. You said that like 10 times in the, in the Uber. Um, so I uh, also, I, I understand what you're saying. But I'm trying. I, I'm trying not to get hurt. I'm trying not to get my hopes up and get hurt. I think really this offense. You're right. It, there's a lot of external external factors other like outside of Joe Burrow's control that he can really, you know that you know that kind of dictate the way that he's going to play. I think the main one really, I, and I really truly believe this is Joe Mixon's health. If Joe Mixon stays healthy, I think Joe Burrow could be a top ten quarterback at the end of this year. But if Joe Mixon doesn't stay healthy, and you're telling me that we have to rely on a game of Chris Evans and Samaje Pirine to kind of to kind of take what Joe Mixon gives us. I don't I don't think they can give us that. So that kind of limits lim limits Joe Burrow a little bit. All right, let's look at this. So Bengals next five games: Green Bay, Detroit, Baltimore, Jets, Cleveland. Those are the Bengals next five games. Looking at DVOA, the Bengals face the 31st ranked defense. That's Detroit. The 26th ranked defense, that's Green Bay. The 20th ranked defense, that's Baltimore. 16th, the Jets, and the 10th, the Browns. And they haven't played a top 10 defense yet, making sure I'm correct on that. Oh, they played the Bears. The Bears are number nine in DVOA. We, over these next five weeks, I think we are going to see Joe Burrow take that step. And I think Thursday night was just a little teaser, but even to, and, and I think the important thing to remember is that this guy is still 10, 11 months removed from major knee construction surgery. And he's out there doing these things. And I will say this, if Dak Prescott did not play for the Dallas Cowboys, Joe Burrow and Dak Prescott would be co-equal number ones for comeback player of the year through the first month. Um, it's the fact that Dak is playing for the Cowboys that makes him that much better um, in the eyes of the odds makers. Is Joe Burrow's continued development enough for Bengals fans to feel confident about this team's playoff prospects? Playoffs. Playoffs. Um, I'm talking about playoffs. Um. I, I definitely think they can. They just have to, and we've talked about this before, 
they have to find a way to go three and one in the next four games before that Cleveland game, before the Cleveland game at home, they have to find a way to either. And I, this is a now never good to assume absolutely anything in the NFL, but if Joe Burrow's playing the way he is, he should be able to beat Jared Goff and he should be able to beat Zach Wilson. So. Um, and he you know, should be able to, he should be able to beat Lamar. I don't think the Ravens are good enough. I don't think they're as good as they were last year by any stretch. I don't think they're – I think they're kind of trending downwards because that defense isn't, isn't as good as it was. No. And, 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 and you got to think Lamar, he, it, it, he doesn't seem – remember two years ago? Was it two years ago he won a VP? Yeah. Remember we were wondering how in the hell are we going to stop this dude for the next 10 years? He was running for 130, 140 yards. And teams are kind of, you know, zoning in on that now. But – I think you got to find a way to win one of the two games or both, but let's be realistic. One of the two green Bay or the Ravens. I think you got to, you just got to, you got to, you got to find a way. So six and two going to that Cleveland game would be the best case scenario. In my opinion. I want to go back to something you just talked about. And that is the involvement of Joe Mixon and, and the importance of the run game to this offense. First of all, Frank Pollock's, introduction of different techniques and him bringing the wide zone scheme back to the Bengals has opened this run game up tenfold. Um, we saw Joe Mixon busting runs the other night against the Jacksonville defense. That's pretty damn good against the run. Let me pull up the um, stats here. Uh, Jacksonville 15th against the run in DVOA. So, I mean, they're middle of the pack, but far from the worst. And we saw Joe Mixon carve up that Jacksonville defense several times the other night on outside stretches and off-tackle runs. And, and he would just turn that corner and boom, right upfield six or seven yards. And that is so important to this Bengals offense. We're talking about Joe Burrow being in the top tier of those league statistics. And he's throwing the third least amount of passing attempts every game. He's throwing 27 passes a game versus Tampa Bay throwing 46 a game. Um, what's another top offense? Kansas City throwing 35 a game. Rams are throwing it 34 times a game. And the Bengals are throwing it 27, and they're getting that production from their quarterback. Well, and you said you I mean you said this earlier. He, it, he has the third most yards per attempt. So they're being efficient with those with, with those passes, and it's and it's because of the way Joe Mixon's been running the ball. Um Joe Mixon, I believe, uh, am I wrong to say this? Is he still top five in the NFL in rushing yards, even after last week? Um, he was number two for the through the first three weeks. Let's give it a quick Google search here. Three. He's third. He's third. Third. He's third in rushing yards in the NFL after four weeks. I, I, I take that. That's pretty good. That's pretty damn good, if I might say so myself. Um, and obviously, I, I think there's a massive step down between him and whoever else they could potentially have to start this weekend against Green Bay. But once again, we're going into a situation where it's Joe Burrow. It's Joe Burrow's chance to prove something. If he can hang with Aaron Rodgers, and that's why I've already put my bet in on the Bengals plus three and a half, because I have faith. If Joe Burrow can hang with Aaron Rodgers, hang with him, doesn't have to win the game. But if Joe Burrow can hang with Aaron Rodgers, that is a scary sign for the AFC North because we just saw a weekend and we've seen a first month of the season where 
division play dictates your success in the NFL. I, I believe in that wholeheartedly. We just saw a first month of the season where Baker Mayfield has two passing touchdowns, two interceptions, a passer rating below like 90, I want to say. And he is, he is what the Browns need, yes, but he doesn't elevate them. Joe Burrow elevates the Bengals. And I don't think there's a, a, another quarterback in the AFC North that elevates his team like uh, Joe Burrow elevates the Bengals because Roethlisberger stinks. And Lamar is Lamar, but very limited, very limited, very limited. He's got a completion percentage around 58, 59%. Yeah, no, I agree. I absolutely agree with everything you said. I think Joe Burrow takes the Bengals to the next level. Now, the problem is, you know, if we're kind of looking into the future, the, the Browns are in a window right now where Baker just needs to be okay for them to win. And I think the Ravens are in a window right now where they're still good enough if Lamar does Lamar. But I think if Joe Burrow, you know, can hang with Aaron Rodgers this weekend, if he can keep taking steps, I, I do agree with you. You're kind of talking me into it as we're talking right now. I, I think they could sneak in. I don't know about winning the division because the Browns offense, the Browns running backs are crazy good and their defense is really good this year. I think they could definitely sneak in if they don't want maybe, maybe wild card, you know, they could, they could compete for the division. So, and this is also, I, I, I want to talk about this as well. We're looking at, and I know this is so, I feel I'm going to get made fun of so much for even talking and broaching this subject. But in the AFC, we're looking at the very high chance that five of the seven playoff spots are going to come from the AFC West and the AFC North. And two of those are going to be the division winners and the three wild cards I have a strong belief are going to be between these two divisions because the AFC South is terrible and the AFC East is terrible. So, and those two divisions are matched up with each other. So the Bengals are going to be playing all these AFC West teams later on in the season. And if Joe Burrow can get to this level and maintain that throughout the season, there's not a defense in that AFC West that I don't feel like Joe Burrow. I think Cleveland's got the best defense in the AFC right now, probably. Absolutely. And, and you got to think about the offenses that now the Bills defense isn't bad. They're pretty good. But you got to think the Chiefs, and nah, I get it. We get Patrick Mahomes, probably the best quarterback in the NFL. Probably. Um, he is. He is. He most talented. Um, their offense is, I think, easily the, easily the best offense in the NFL. Um, their defense just flat out stinks. I mean, they're bad. I mean, Jalen Hurts threw for almost 400 yards, but they stink. And Kansas City has the worst defense against both the pass and the run in the NFL right now. I mean, if Jalen Hurts is thrown for almost 400 yards against you, you are, you're bad. But yeah, I, I, I agree. I think a lot of these defenses aren't very good. And I think that if the Bengals can just hang, they get, they got a shot because think about this, honestly, if they make a push for the playoffs this year, I think it's one year before people really truly expected them to. Yes. I think all this I think all this is a bonus because I thought we, we we all thought that Joe Burrow and this offense would take a step, but we didn't realize, you know, in training camp the defense we you know was playing well. We thought, oh, it's just because the offense needs to get clicking again with Joe Burrow coming back. But they've showed that they they can compete against some, you know, pretty good offenses. I mean, even though we we've talked about the first four teams being kind of mediocre, those offenses that we've played haven't been terrible other than the Bears. Well, the Steelers' offense. Well, the Steelers' pretty, offense is pretty bad too, but I'm, I'm, they still have weapons. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, I, I don't know if I agree with that exactly. I think all four of the offenses they've all four of the teams they've played so far are teams they should have beaten. Um I agree, but the Vikings offense is good. Well I, Kirk Cousins Kirk Cousins is like art for stats wise, if you, before the Browns game, Kirk Cousins was balling. You're not gonna buy me in on that because Kirk Cousins has a seven and thirty-seven career record against teams with winning records. So you're not gonna sell me on the fact that he is he is league average. Um, That's all is, they need. That's he's all their they need. Andy Dalton. He's their Andy Dalton. I agree. Um, oh, yeah. I, I've been on that train with you for a while. I think Kirk Cousins is a little better version of Andy Dalton. I agree. I agree. I, I don't think he's that special at all. Um, but your point resonates. Um, they've played – I think Minnesota is – if I had to power rank these first four teams that they've played, I would power rank them in the order they played them. Minnesota, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Jacksonville. I think it's that order. Um, I think the Steelers are really not as good as a lot of people think they are. They're really bad right now. Um, and you know the saying, you beat the teams you're supposed to beat and go 500 against the teams that you, that you aren't supposed to beat. And the Bengals, like we've talked about this whole show now, have two opportunities over the next three weeks against teams that they're not going to be favored against. And that's Green Bay this week and then Baltimore in two weeks. Um, I think right sitting here right now is a good point for us to reevaluate our expectations for the season. Because if I'm being honest, I didn't think the defense and they haven't played good offenses. Like we just said, the defense has been better than I expected. And the offensive line has played some good D lines. The offensive lines played pretty well. Um, I wanted, I want to ask you Jackson Carmen thus far Good, bad, somewhere in the middle. Sort of what are your thoughts on him so far? Yeah, so a casual fan, you'd think he's playing okay. And then you look at the PFF grades and you think that you or I are out there playing. Because he graded out at a 29. A 29. Yeah, he had. And I thought Bobby Hart was bad. I saw somebody really uh, had a couple of cuts of the all 22 from Thursday night out today. And he had. He, he's been doing pretty well in pass protection. It's run blocking where he's had some really bad whiffs so far. Um, he almost got Joe Mixon killed the other night uh, on a whiff. But I think that it, within the scheme of the offensive line, I think he's played well. I mean, he hasn't been a liability in pass protection. And no. they haven't compromised the effectiveness of the run game with him in there. So I feel more comfortable with him in there than Suofilo right now. Yeah, and also you got to think that he's he, – Suofilo is what Suofilo will be at this point. You, you let Jackson Carmen go in there, he's going to continue to get better. And then if he doesn't get better, we have Deontay Smith to come in. It does, I mean, you, you get to see the growth in Jackson Carmen instead of – if somebody's going to play mediocre, you'd rather have the young guy play mediocre than, than Xavier Suofilo. That, that's just my opinion. But yeah, I think that's kind of kind of self-explanatory. You'd rather have a – a 21-year-old get reps if they're going to play the exact same than a, than a, than a 29-year-old, 30-year-old. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask, um, Trey Waynes makes his Bengals debut Thursday night. I thought he had flashes, but he got singed on a LaVisca Chenault uh, corkscrew sort of route. And then he had a couple of other moments that were kind of iffy. 
is that Russ or is that Trey yeah. Wayne's is not good? No, 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 no. I, 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 no, we were talking, we were talking some smack at the game because you have LaVisca in fantasy and you're playing against me this week. But I think, um, I, no, I think that's Russ. He hasn't played a game in two years. So I think you got to let you get, give him some time. He'll be back. It's fine. And I'm not expecting him to be a cornerback one. That's a woozy. I don't I, I, That's Cheeto. I'm not, I'm not, I don't want Trey Wayne's. I, I don't care how much we're paying him. I know he's our number one cap hit. I don't care how much we're paying him. All I want to see from him is a solid corner. who's not going to give up big plays. And I think as he continues to play more, he's going to get better. I, he's going to, he's going to get back into his form. We didn't give him a three year. What was it? 40. Was it 45? 42? 40. Oh, it, was higher, it was higher than that because he's okay, the I don't want to think about how much money we gave him. Um, but, yeah. I, up, I, we could have we could have upgraded, like, stadium Wi-Fi. We could have, like, maybe spent a little bit on concessions. Nah, we, we wanted to we – no, My Twitter to, was working. My Twitter was working. We were uh, following UC Women's Soccer on Twitter. We were following the game, at the, uh, at the, at, you know, during the first half. It was, it was a good night for the Wi-Fi, I thought. You're such a good dude. Um, yeah, I mean, overall, I think the performance of the defense Wednesday, Wednesday night, Thursday night was solid. The linebackers make such a difference in, on this team. Um, and, and I think one important note coming out of this game is through the first four weeks, it looks like the Bengals defense is pretty stout against the run. However, it looks like if they do have a weakness – it's those shifty sort of smaller scat backs that can break tackles and get out in space um, because, you know, Dalvin Cook, David Montgomery, and Najee Harris are all those guys that are just going to sort of pound it up in between the tackles and, and look to break one. Whereas James Robinson, they were running sort of duos and, and, and kind of trying to get him into the gap and then get him yep. to maneuver. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I, I agree. It kind of scares you for the, a little preview. It kind of scares you for this weekend. Because of Aaron Jones. Oh, I'm hammering. If I'm not, I don't take totals in Bengals games because I, I only want to cheer for the Bengals, but I am absolutely Bob the Buildering on the over uh, this weekend, whatever that is. Um, what is it? Probably 40 and a half, 47, 46, somewhere around there? 49 right now. Um, any other last thoughts from Thursday night? Um, Oh, also, one more injury note. Ricardo Allen is potentially back this week. That I think that is bigger than – honestly, I, I think that's bigger than T. Higgins coming back. Oh, I agree. Ricardo Allen is somebody who we saw how bad the, you know, the backup safety play was last week. I think he would have made a big difference last week if he could have played. And I yeah. think having him back, you know, in those nickel and dime packages – he can even come in and, you know, play a, you know, kind of a linebacker spot if it's a, you know, a third down, uh, the third and long. I, I, you know, I like, I like it. So. And, and I'll tell you one more thing. I think it's so important that they got this Thursday night game when they did, because they got that mini bye week and now they've got this five game sprint and then they get another bye week. And then after that bye week in week 10, they leave the state of Ohio twice in the months of, in the rest of November, last two weeks of November, December, and January, they leave the state of Ohio twice. Now, I don't know if that's good because uh, of our brand new indoor practice facility, um, which is going to be a, a cool 
negative 20 out when they have to practice outside in the month of December, but. Hey, we're crowdsourcing, we're crowdsourcing money to uh, build the indoor facility. Yeah, that's why they skimped on the Wi-Fi. And that's why uh, Mike Brown charges $15 for a personal pan pizza that I can yeah. make at home for a dollar. So um, we're practicing. One, one last thing on Thursday night. Um, first of all, the, the stadium environment with like all the different graphics and stuff they have going on is way better. Um, second of all, 63,000 people at that game Thursday night. Biggest crowd since 2017 for the Bengals. That's the number two thing. And number three, that ring of honor ceremony, while we were exceedingly depressed during it, was awesome. Awesome. And it's even more awesome looking back on it because I forget I was sad during it. But um, now what I really – we talked about this at halftime. It was funny. It after the game, we wanted, we wanted Mike Brown to come down the field so bad so we could boo the absolute hell out of him. And he – I. No, he's a smart man. He, I don't, honestly, I don't know if he could have gotten down from the box to the field that quick, but um, I, yeah, it was a good thing. He didn't come down to the field because a lot of people would have been doing. He, um, he saw what happened to the giants owner and there was another owner that got booed. Um, yeah. The Fords. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Lions. He saw what happened to them. And I think he said mental note, I am not going to step on the field. Yeah. He uh, said, Especially, I mean, we hand up, and I will gladly put my hand up for this because I live in the moment as a Bengals fan. I was booing the absolute hell out of the team off the field Thursday night because they didn't yeah. deserve my cheering after that first half. No, you started booing like uh, start with the second quarter. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, Mike Brown said, "Dad, I love you, and I, I like how you're in the Hall of Fame, but I, I'm not going down on that field to celebrate you because I'm going to get booed off out of the stadium." Yeah. Um, but the environment Thursday night was insane. Um, the Bengals, I'm not, I'm not saying it yet. The Bengals are frisky. The Bengals are not back. The Bengals are not back. The not Bengals yet. are frisky. No. Not if, yet. The, if the Bengals win this weekend, they're back. If the Bengals beat, so also lot small tidbit, and then I'll tell you what I was about to say. Last I've told you this before. Last time I saw Aaron Rodgers play, Andy Dalton, 14-point comeback in the fourth quarter, was the most electric game I've ever been to in my life. I forget what year that it was, 2013, 2014. Um, if they can beat Aaron Rodgers again in Paul Brown Stadium, that is going to be – they're going to be back because they'll be 4-1 and one and they'll be playing the Detroit Lions. So I, I think they'll be in a good position. Here's all I'm going to say right now, looking at my little sheet over here. And we'll talk about this more later in the week when we preview it. Right now, 87% uh, of the bets are on the Green Bay Packers minus the three and a half. 63% of the money's on the Bengals catching the points. That's all I'm going to say. So. In Joe Burrow, we trust, I guess. I'm just going to throw that out there and we'll just see what happens with it. But awesome slate in the NFL this upcoming weekend um and the game I'm eyeballing in particular because I'm very curious to see how he rebounds is the Cleveland Browns going to play my San Diego Superchargers the Chargers um, Chargers yeah I uh that's gonna be that's gonna be a really good game actually wow um that's all I really got on 
Jags. We'll be back later this week to preview the Packers. But I would be a fool if I didn't get out of here without a trivia question. And I got a trivia question for you. Do you know which Eagles running back scored more fantasy points this week? Kenneth Gainwell or Miles Sanders? Um, I'm pretty sure I made it. I don't remember the bet with you. I don't remember the bet that I made because of the tailgating that we did before. Um, but I'm pretty sure I made an absolutely outrageous bet with you that, uh, that Miles Sanders would outgain Kenneth Gainwell this week. And uh, I was, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm a man. I'm a man. I apologize. I want to apologize because I gave you a lot of crap. I brought it up four or five times throughout the, throughout the whole day. And I want, I want to apologize. I dodged it in the fancy group chat last night. I apologize. I want to, I, I dodged it. I was angry. I, I would like to apologize. Apology accepted because you know what? You're still going to get the last laugh because you're still going to win. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I am going to enjoy lording that over your head for the next yeah. couple of weeks. I can't uh, wait till Kenneth Gainwell burns out in week 15 and gets cut in the offseason, but he had one heck of a week four. Hey, that's all right. He's not a keeper, but I and I, I won some skyline from him. That's all I care yeah. about. Yes, that's what it was. I didn't I didn't I don't remember what I bet you at Skyline. All right. Um so fun, fun podcast matchup. Um speaking of tonight's game. Best Monday night game of the season so far? Um, I mean, the other best Monday night game was the Raiders playing yeah. playing the Ravens. The Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah, I, I mean, Chris Berman lived for that Ravens game, and I think Chris Berman is going to live for tonight. Yeah. Um, awesome game tonight, Chargers-Raiders. If Justin Herbert and Mike Williams could hook up for a couple of touchdowns and – we could get a nice little outing from Herb. I think one of us is going to be very happy tomorrow morning. Yeah, absolutely. It's not going to be me. It is no, not. It's not, not going to be me. Um, I guess we have to do it because it's the last one of the year. Reds update. Yeah. Um, I'm going to make this short and sweet. Eugenio Suarez hit like eight bombs in the last two weeks. He showed up. Uh, he o- almost, almost batting 200, almost so close. Um, he also had more singles the last two weeks than he did the entire rest of the season, I believe. Oh, and, and Nick Castellanos and Joey Votto kept banging. But the problem was, obviously, we're starting San Martin or whatever that dude's name is out of the out of the We gave up. Right? We gave up. We know that. Well, David Bell's back for another year. Um, Nick Castellanos is gone, I think. Um, and I'm, I am exceedingly happy that this is the last Reds update of the season. I can tell you that. But no, don't worry. We, Nick can go. We got Moose still. Oh, Jesus Christ. I forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's an episode. We had one all ready to go and prepared. And it, I'm telling you, it was the best one. It was the best one you've ever done. Oh, we were hot off the press. We, we, were on had a little, we were on our corner waiting for our Uber. We still had a little bit of gin and tonic from the banks left in us. And we had a little $15 Paul Brown Stadium water left in us. Hey, those $10 chicken tenders, actually not a bad deal. I'm being serious. There is nothing like a night at the game. I will tell you that much. Um, unless you're paying 160 bucks, like they're asking you to do for this week's game, in which case there is something better. And that's sitting on your own couch, drinking your own beer. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that's the episode. Uh, we will be back later this week to preview the Packers and give you our picks because we skimped out last week. Um, but I will say, and I have proof to back it up. I got receipts. A pretty good week for the kid in college and NFL. Nice. Um, I might be back. I might be back. Don't say it. See, you just you just jinxed it. It's over. Well, you know, in, in my case, I might be backs because I'm fat, so I have multiple backs. Um, but we will be back later this week. Preview the Packers, Bengals, Packers Sunday at one. We'll be back. Bengals beat the Jags 24-21. Bengals are in first place in the AFC North. And Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the AFC North. And that's all I got to say. Who day? Who day?